You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Well, good morning. It's good to be here this morning, and I trust that you all are having a good day this morning, and just... um, hopefully get something from the Word of God this morning. It's a little bit different, I will admit, to be up here and not have a a church house full, but I trust that everybody is joining us on live stream. I trust that my family is joining on live stream at home. So if they are on live stream, good morning. I hope you're sitting still and listening to your mother and that the woolly mammoth survived because they were playing woolly mammoth when I left. So I hope that everybody is still in good shape there. And I hope that everybody is doing good this morning. Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. A very, if I could be jokingly say, unfamiliar passage of Scripture for all of us. But it is the passage of Scripture that the Lord has laid out of my heart for the, the Sunday school lessons that we have this month that I'm going to be able to present to you. And, you know, the Lord, I, I like to start seeking the Lord ahead of time when the Lord is going to, when I know I'm going to be teaching Sunday school trying to get the mind and the will of the Lord for how we are supposed to proceed. And obviously we had a lot going on at this time as I tried to discern the Lord's will for us. And I will say that I I had a difficult time at first coming to that spot where I was confident that the Lord was giving to me that which we needed to teach from. And, um, you know, it was probably in February, early March that I started praying about what the Lord would have. And, you know, as we came into this COVID-19 situation, this Wuhan virus situation, there was a question that just kept coming through my mind as we're going through this time of uncertainty, which I'm sure all of us were. Obviously, we're not at church. Obviously, everything in our world has sort of been shaken up. I'm thinking about this, and it came in this question that I just couldn't get out of my mind. It was, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I know we've had to consider that in business. We've had to consider that in our personal lives. We've had to consider that in our church. Where do we go from here? That was the question that just kept coming into my mind. I mean, we were in the middle of the lockdown. People were out of work. The whole economy was shaken up. You know, it was a fearful time, or it could have been a fearful time for us if we weren't looking to the Lord for guidance. So as I thought about that question, where do we go from here, the answer came to my mind right after that, and is we walk by faith, not by sight, as we find in 2 Corinthians you know, I was working through the whole time, and I don't know, I hope a lot of you were. I don't know the situation of everybody. I'm sure a lot of people were laid off. I was fortunate to be working through this whole time. So I was able to keep doing the things that I was doing for the most part. But I know it, was, it could have been a fearful time for everybody. And, and, and even at that time, you still, we still have this, this sort of fear that I think that some people can have. Maybe fear of getting the virus. Maybe fear of what's going to happen with our finances. Maybe fear of what's going to happen with our friends or our family. You know, I'm sure that a lot of us have looked to God. We've sought the Lord in this situation. Even in our country, we can see where people who normally wouldn't seek the Lord have been seeking the Lord. And I I think that's a good thing. I know that's a good thing that if we were to seek the Lord, that's the best thing in this situation. But I also know that a lot of us, and I'm sure a lot of Christians as well, have looked to the government for the solution to the problem that we are facing. And Our federal and state governments, they've spent money at unconscionable levels. 
levels that are unsustainable for future. So that's something that could cause us some worry as well. If when we ask that question, where do we go from here? And, you know, we can sometimes, when we ask that question, where do we go from here? If we don't answer it, that we walk by faith, not by sight, we can really get in a spot of being fearful and out of the will of God, as Pastor mentioned probably just a couple weeks ago, and probably every week since this has taken place, that if we make a decision out of fear, we are outside of the will of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. That's what we find in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. We also find it here in Hebrews chapter 11, the examples of faith that are in the scriptures for us. Here we call this the hall of faith. And we find these heroes of faith outlined for us here in Hebrews chapter 11. That question of where do we go from here is easily resolved when we look at those who have successfully walked by faith. Because this Christian life is not one of feeling. It's not one of touching. It's not one of having all these things readily available to us where we can see not just the beginning, not just the end, and we can see everything in between. That's not faith. God doesn't show us everything in between. We can see the beginning, we can see the end. We can't necessarily see everything in between. So as we go through these lessons, as I'm able to do so, as the Lord gives us the ability to preach and to teach this, this word, I hope that we will have a desire to walk more by faith. I know that I am probably the most least qualified person to teach on this subject. But I believe that the Lord has obviously given us the scripture. We can all read it. We can all understand it as the Holy Spirit gives us leading, as it gives us guiding. And we can all grow closer to the Lord in our walk of faith. You know, but as we do this walk of faith, as we, as we walk, we can, we, we're not bound by space. We're not bound by time. You know, faith is something that's eternal. Faith has immense eternal ramifications. As we look about how we exercise our faith on this earth, this temporal earth, how we exercise our faith has immense eternal ramifications. And we also know that we are not going where no man has gone before as far as our walk of faith is concerned. The Lord Jesus is the first and foremost example of the walk of faith. He sees the beginning and the end. He not only sees the beginning and the end, he came to this earth and walked a life of faith, constantly putting his trust in the Lord and God for guidance, constantly seeking his Father for direction, constantly seeking to be in the will of God as he went about his earthly ministry. The Lord Jesus is the example of our walk of faith, especially as he went to the cross and paid that penalty for our sin upon the cross, he has showed to us what a walk of faith truly exhibits. A walk of faith is not necessarily an easy road, but it is the road that God wants us to walk upon, and that is the only way we can please God, is if we walk by faith. I'm hoping that this is a practical series. As much as I'd be able to share with you this series, I hope that it's practical. I hope that it helps us grow in our walk. And let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 right now. We're not going to read the whole chapter. We're going to pick out a few verses. We're going to read chapter 11, 1 through 6. And then we're going to skip down to the end of the chapter. And we're also going to read into Hebrews chapter 12 as well. Now I'll start in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. 
Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now let's skip down to verse 39 of Hebrews chapter 11. And we'll read all the way through verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would just help me this morning, Lord. Just fill me with your spirit. Help me to bring forth the word. Help me to share what you've laid on my heart, Lord, so that the people can understand, Lord, so that we can be edified, so that we can be encouraged to continue in our walk of faith, Lord, to your pleasing, to your honor and your glory. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, as I was on my way here, I couldn't help but think of two things that I needed in order to bring this message to you. First was the filling of the Holy Spirit and his direction and his guidance this gives to us. Second was my coffee. That I had to turn around and get. I believe I did have the filling of the Holy Spirit, but without the coffee, I had to turn around and go get that. But I got the coffee. We're good to go. You know, but as I'm on the road, you know, what are roads for? Roads are something that is meant to be traveled on, right? We make a road or a trail or anything so that we can go there frequently, so that we can continue to go upon this road or, and we can get someplace easily. We don't like to drive on bumpy roads even though we have a lot of them in Michigan. We like to have a smooth road as well. But the purpose of a road is not to necessarily be smooth. It's to convey you from one point to another. If I think about the Romans, you know, they were amazing in their engineering work. They built a lot of roads. You know that the Roman network of roads at the time that they built it was about 75,000 miles of road that they laid for their legions to travel upon and for people to use in, in commerce throughout the Roman Empire. And that's an amazing amount of road that was laid with the amount of tools that they had. And it was done mostly by the legions. As, they, as the legions would march somewhere, they would build a road behind them. And that's what they would do. They'd march and they'd build. March and they'd build. And you know, some of these roads that they built 2,000 years ago still exist today. If, if you go there, and I'm sure they're not used, I'm sure they're historical landmarks, some of them, but some of them may be used, but they still exist today because they put a lot of time and effort into building roads that would last so that they could continue to do what they desired to do as far as the Roman Empire was concerned. You know, I think about 2,000 years of road lasting, and I look at Michigan, our roads last about 2,000 hours. You know, as soon as they lay the road, pretty much a couple weeks later, it's, it's toast. But, you know, the thing about roads 
is, like I mentioned, it's generally because we've already traveled somewhere already. We don't just necessarily build a road and then start going down that road. It's because, oh, we need to get to that place that we've been frequently, and it'd be a lot easier if we had a road as opposed to going across this dirt track or following these deer trails or whatever. That's how roads were built across our country. You know, when I first started working where I work, um, it was originally on a dead-end street. But then a, a business that we frequent often came into town and decided it would be in their best interest for their business to connect the road, to ha have another connection to a main road. And they did that. And obviously, it's made their business probably more successful because they did that. So that is an example of a road being continued that brings benefit to all. I think of the Continental Railroad, different type of road. But when that was built, how it spanned our entire country and all the men that were used and women to build that railroad and all the effort and the labor and the money that was spent on that. But what it did is essentially unify our nation. It, it connected the East Coast and the West Coast and everything in between so that we could have unity as a nation and so that we could easily travel across our country. Think of our highway system that we have right now. How it goes from East Coast to West Coast, you can get on the highway and travel at a high rate of speed and travel from one side of the country to another, only stopping for gas and food and whatever else you need. You don't really have to stop at all if you had you know, a solar-powered car and there was sun, which you don't want to drive through Michigan, but except for today. Today is sunny. But I think of that. I mean, we can get on a highway outside here and without stopping, if we were to have an endless supply of gasoline and we were able to manage, we could, we could drive around this whole country without ever stopping. That is what a road can do for us. And in Hebrews 11, we often look at this passage of Scripture, call it the Hall of Faith, and it shows us how these people have walked a road of faith ahead of us. And they've built a foundation for us as far as what faith truly looks like in an individual life. If we think of the example that Abel set for us, offering a sacrifice unto God that is pleasing, how Enoch walked with God. We think of how Noah built an ark to the saving of his house, how Abraham was willing to obey God, telling him, leave everything and go to a place that I have given to you. All these people that have exercised their faith and stepped out in faith have built up for us something. But as we look down here at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, which is where I want to focus today, and I trust if there's one thing that I hope we can get from this and that we can grow closer to the Lord and how we should be walking this walk of faith, is that we would see the examples that are set before us. We would understand how important it is for us to continue our walk of faith, to not quit. You know, I think of the damage that has taken place in our country economically, maybe even physically, especially all the people that have lost their lives through this virus. But how about spiritually? I mean, the church has obviously taken a great hit through this, not just in the attendance, but I'm sure in the spiritual well-being, how many people were already struggling with faithfulness and now it's going to be even more difficult for them to be faithful moving forward? How many people were already struggling with whether or not they even wanted to stay in a certain church at all and now how much easier will it be for them to just drop out completely out of the Christian life? How about we think about the missionaries that were out trying to gain support so they could go out and spread the gospel throughout the world, to share the gospel of faith in Jesus Christ throughout the world. Now that's all been put on hold because they cannot go and share 
their ministry and have people bring them on with support. Think of the hit that the church has taken. That's why it's even more critical for us to be focused and understanding that we need to continue the walk of faith. We cannot just lay it aside and say, well, you know, it was a good run. We're done. You know, these people, if we look in verse 39 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, and all of the, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, so everybody listed in this passage of scripture beforehand, which we, we're not going to read through today, and I'm sure you've maybe read it before. If you haven't, please read it. All these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. So even though they were walking by faith, even though they were doing what the Lord had commanded them to do, they didn't all receive the promise. They may have received some of the promises, but they didn't receive the promise. And we know the ultimate promise that they didn't receive was the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't receive the Messiah. But we also know that they didn't receive all the promises that God had fulfilled. Did Abraham see the fulfillment of his promise that his sea would be as innumerable as the sand of the sea? No, he didn't see it. But by faith, he saw it. He saw the fulfillment of the promise, but he didn't see the physical representation of the promise in his life. Verse 40 says, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Without us, apart from us. You know, apart from us, as believers in the modern day church, walking our walk of faith and continuing to make our road of faith better, we don't make the effort that the previous saints did for us perfect. We make their effort incomplete if we don't continue to build up our road of faith. If we don't continue to walk by faith, their effort is not made perfect. Now we know the ultimate perfection is through the salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ brought when he died on the cross. But that didn't end there. We still have many promises in the scripture that we have to look for as individuals. That God will supply all our needs. That he will bring the Holy Spirit and give us that comforter. We have that comforter that we have that's promised to us. We have many promises in scripture that we need to see fulfilled in our own life in order to make perfect what the previous saints have done before. We have received this promised salvation. We've received the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that was seen by these individuals, but not yet received. We've received that Messiah. We need to continue to build upon the road that they have laid for us. And obviously, if we are going to build a road, we need to have an ex a, a design, a plan. And we see our example here in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's not looking unto Pastor White, although he's a good example to look to. It's not looking up to any other uh, radio or TV personality that is preaching the gospel this morning as our example. Our first and foremost example needs to be the Lord Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Sometimes I think we look at our road of faith and how difficult it may be, the things that the Lord may be requiring of us. We don't necessarily see the joy set before us for being obedient. We don't see the joy set before us 
for doing what the Lord has commanded us to do, to walk by faith as the Lord has commanded us to do. I know in my own life that could be, that is, that is often the case, that I don't necessarily see the joy. But for the Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, he saw the joy. He saw the eternal ramifications of being disobedient to the, whole, to the Father. And he knew that we would never be saved apart from his obedience and his walk of faith. And for that joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. And now he is set down on the right hand of the Father in all glory because he continued his walk of faith. You know, Jesus wrote our faith, his gospel of himself in our hearts. In 2 Corinthians 3, 3, it says, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, the word of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. The Lord wrote upon our heart those things that we need. He wrote upon our heart his epistle. His word is written in our hearts of what we need to do. Just as, just as the word that we have before us, the Bible, is written by God, it is his words that we should use for all faith, all practice, all, all life. Those same words, that same epistle has been written in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, by the Lord, that we should do his will and be obedient to him in faith. And he is looking forward to that joy also in eternity where we, by faith, have lived out our complete and whole and perfect faith through him. When we look about us in this world, when we get tempted to give up, we must remember our Savior. We must remember the sacrifice that he made for us and the joy that he was looking forward to. When we think of giving up, we need to remember that our faith is required, our walk of faith is required in order to perfect the saints that have come before us, in order to make the work that they did not to, to none effect. We, sometimes, you know, and, and especially, I'm going to say it, we're, I'm a little frustrated right now with the state of our country as far as the workforce is concerned. Because so many people saw this opportunity free, for free money, government money, and decided they no longer needed to work. And what that's going to do for us long term is it's going to cause us more problems than the shutdown caused. It's going to cause us more problems than not, you know, having businesses open. Because right now, we're trying to ramp up and get back to work, get people going. And getting people to say they are willing to sacrifice in order to see our country move forward, people aren't willing to do that right now. They're willing to take the government money, but they're not willing. And, and, and if you are one of those who thinks, I'm just going to take the government money and write it out. I hope you would reconsider. Because that is not walking by faith, number one. Number two, it's not looking out for your fellow American citizens to try to improve their situation in life. See, we think so temporally. We think so temporally for the here and now. We think for the next day and that's it. We think for you know tomorrow or what's going to make me happy today. And that's not a walk of faith. I'm so guilty of that so often in my life to think of just what is here and now and not looking forward. And we, we need to get a, a, an eternal mindset. And even if not eternal mindset, at least looking farther out than tomorrow. We need to look at what are we doing today that is going to affect us for the future, especially for eternity. When we look around this world and get tempted to look, give up, we must look at our Savior. In this word, in, in, in here, we think in verse 3, 
of Hebrews chapter 12, it says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. Such contradiction of sinners. When we think of that word contradiction, sometimes we think of uh, someone that no matter what we say or think, they say differently. You know, my, my wife may say that I am that person, that I am the one who's a contradicting person, and I probably am. But, you know, this is rebellious attitude. It's really what it is. A contradiction is a rebellious attitude. You know, there's some people that no matter what you say to them, no matter what you tell them, they're going to do the exact opposite. It doesn't matter. It's just because you told them to do it. If you said, go win yourself a million dollars, they say, I don't want a million dollars. I'm going to be broke, you know, because you told them to do it. That's how some people are. And, you know, Jesus encounters those people, and we encounter those people as well when we try to share our faith, that no matter what we say or think, they're going to do differently. That's how Jesus encountered when he came to this earth. We, this rebellious attitude is something we still see playing out in our world today. Obviously, no matter how good or wholesome or beneficial or intelligent our conversation about faith in Christ may be, or in living out our faith as a Christian should, there are going to be those who, because of their hardened, rebellious heart, will attack everything we stand for. That's what they will do. That is the same contradiction of sinners that Jesus faced. Doesn't mean we should give up. Doesn't mean we should quit. Doesn't mean we should stop sharing. Did Jesus do that? No, he did not. He continued his walk of faith until the end. No matter how good or how beneficial it is, people will not listen to us. But we must continue to bear a cross just as the Lord Jesus did. And we must look to him for guidance and direction as we continue on. Jesus is the one who laid this road of faith. He put us on it. He wrote the instructions for how we to, are to walk in our hearts, those fleshy tables of our hearts. That's where he wrote the word of how we are supposed to obey and how we are supposed to walk by faith. He gave us our directions. But we need to be building upon that road of faith. And so often we don't. We need to be building upon that road of faith, thinking of those who come behind us, our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, fellow church members, co-workers, friends, families, acquaintances, members of this country, citizens of this country. We need to be thinking of others, not just ourselves, and how we go about living our walk of faith. Now our walk of faith needs to be lived by us, and we shouldn't allow others to tell us how to live our life if it's apart from the Word of God. Our walk of faith needs to be lived in accordance with the Holy Spirit's leading and what the Word of God has instructed us to do. But that does not mean that we should not consider that our walk of faith is setting an example. And it is, it is what is required for us to be a, a body joined together, fitly joined together, is for us to build upon one another in our walk of faith. You know, sometimes I think faith, and as it's defined in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That is truly the example of faith. We must believe that God is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Seeing, it's, we need to sometimes get our spiritual goggles on. Because when we look at this life with our earthly goggles, our earthly glasses, it becomes fuzzy. It becomes something that we really can't see very clearly. You know, this, this Wuhan virus has caused us problems in our country long term. I'm sure most of us are aware of that. You know, difficult times economically are ahead of us. 
um, difficult times politically because we have a lot of things taking place that are obviously we would say against our constitution, but politically, how are we going to get back to a point where we are even close to a, a constitutional republic? Um, the signs of turmoil in our country. I mean, we're having protests all the time, some of them justified, some of them maybe not as justified, but we have the signs of turmoil in our country really evident, and not just in our country, in the world. I mean, we, we were a country that had extra of everything, except for respirators and masks. But we had extra of everything. We have extra food, we have extra clothes, we have extra of everything. Think about these countries that shut down and locked down, such as the Philippines, or, or I think of Africa, and that's actually probably weeks ago, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I said, how is a country or a continent like Africa going to endure a lockdown? They don't hardly have food for today. How are they gonna have food for tomorrow if they don't go out and work for it if you, if you lock them down? So we can see that there could be worldwide economic hardship that is going to take place for a long time. And I saw this the other day that, you know, the, the WHO, which take them or you leave them, what the WHO says, they said the next pandemic that's going to affect this world after this virus is the starvation pandemic, that there's going to be worldwide starvation that takes place. You know, I've been saying it as often as I can, <laughs> and maybe it's too often, but we as Americans, and it's never been more obvious than through this, this virus, we as Americans, a lot of us, have started worshiping our health as God as opposed to worshiping God as God. Even in the Christian community, we have become so focused on our health and worshiping our health individually as God. Anybody who's healthy is lifted up as being some great, super-powered individual Anybody unhealthy is looked as being a lower class citizen. It's really taking that place where we have become to worship our health as an idol. We have no longer decided we're going to live out. And I'm not saying there's not certain things you should do to live a healthy life. There are. But when you put those things that you have done in the place that it becomes most important, most important, no longer worshiping God as the one who's the giver and taker of health, then we become idol worshipers in that instance. We don't walk by faith if we're looking to ourselves for our health. So nothing has been more obvious to us that Americans put too much focus on our health as God as opposed to God as God. You know, rather than just going about having precautions and going about our daily life and continuing to live through this, we saw everything get shut down. We were willing to destroy everything to keep ourselves safe. I'm not saying that some things were not necessary. I wouldn't second-guess anybody. This was a completely lose-lose situation for everybody who had to make a decision in regards to this virus. But we as Christians don't need to get caught up on that. We don't need to get caught up in the fear that could be mongered throughout the media and through politicians. We don't need to be caught up in that because when the, answer, when the question comes, where do we go from here, we walk by faith, not by sight. And we always have to remember that. We have to remember that we need to be trusting the Lord, believing in that which we have not seen, knowing that the promise of God will be fulfilled in our life. We, were, we need to believe that God is in control no matter what the situation. Even though the world might become fuzzy, even though that we may say, well, I can't see the next step to take. Where do we go from here we walk by faith. We need to put aside our fear 
and walk by faith, if we exercise our faith, if we truly search the scriptures and understand what, that God is in control, these current situations, you know, we can see, if we, if we look at it in their glasses of faith, we can see that all these things taking place today are really just priming of the pump for what's going to happen in the end of the, uh, end of the age, for the future. And we also know by faith that when that time comes of the tribulation, that we're going to be taken out of here by the rapture, that we're not going to have to go through these times of tribulation. But we may have to go through times similar to what's going to take place in the tribulation, but God can get us through those times as well. Even though we can see that day coming, we should not be afraid of it. We can, by faith, see its end purpose. So, are there certain things that we can see clearly by faith? Yes. Obviously, we can look in the scripture. The Lord has laid out for us many things in here. We can see how Abraham, he put aside everything to walk by faith, to follow God wherever God had directed him to go. We can see how when God said, you're going to have a son, even though you're old, and Abraham said it's physically impossible, impossible, Sarah said it's impossible, yet God was still able to do that great thing. You know, I heard something recently, and I believe it applies to us, especially in our individual lives. And uh, I can't even remember who, who I heard say it. But I said, so often we want God to do a miracle in our life. We want to see God show himself great and strong in our life. And we ask God to do that. And then in the same breath, we ask God to never put us in a position where we will ever have to see him do a miracle in our life. We ask God to give us his miracle, show us himself as great and powerful, and yet we never want to be put into any sort of trial. We don't want to be ever put into any sort of affliction, any sort of testing period, any sort of time of hardship. And isn't that just like us? We like God to be strong. We like him to be strong in our minds. We don't necessarily want to be put in these positions where we have to see him act out his strength and his power because that, would mess, that might require pain in our, in our end. We might have to suffer. We might have to go through things that we don't want to go through. But by faith, we need to believe that God does want to do great and powerful things through us and that we need to live out our faith no matter the situation. We can't give up. We have to continue forward. So we can by faith see those things that are out there farther. But how about that daily walk where we encounter some of our obscurity? What if we do if the market collapses? What if we do if we have no job permanently and the government is no longer giving out the big paychecks that it's giving out right now? What do we do if the food and the essentials are in short supply, as they may be in coming weeks? They may be in short supply. What if we do if friends and family reject us because of we are standing for what the Lord has asked us to stand for. If we make decisions in regards to our family according to the leading of the Holy Spirit and friends and family reject us, what are we going to do? See, these are, these are the decisions that are sometimes hard for us to actually put aside our physical thoughts, our physical workings, because that's the way I like to do it. I like to work out the physical. There's not too much that I don't think I can work out. You know, you know, in my life, I don't, I don't think there's much that I can't just work out if I put my mind to it. But we have to put that aside in certain situations, especially every day. We have to put that aside, allow the Lord to work, and we just say, Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to look to you. 
by faith. When that question of where do we go from here comes up, instead of trying to work it out first and then when we get to the end of ourselves, we say, Lord, we can't do it anymore. We should look to the Lord first and say, Lord, where do we go from here? Which direction do you want me to walk? What do we do if our children rebel? What if we do if our government continues to exercise authority that we have not authorized them to do by law? What do we do if going to church was made permanently illegal instead of just temporarily requested, such as in the current situation? These are the where do we go from here questions that we determine, are we going to build up a road of faith? Are we going to walk a road of faith that will be seen by future generations and that they will continue to perfect? Are we going to continue to build upon those that have built up before us, these heroes of faith, and I do want to just read that passage of Hebrews chapter 11. The end of Hebrews chapter 11. What shall I say more for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and of Samuel and of prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned and they were sawn asunder. They were tempted, they were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. And this is what God says about those people who walked by faith of whom the world was not worthy. Of whom the world was not worthy. Are we going to walk worthy of this world, or are we going to walk worthy of an eternal kingdom that the Lord has prepared for us to live in? So, we have to walk by faith. We have to obey the will of God. Why is our normal reaction, our normal tendency to act out of fear, though? Is it because we can't feel and handle and touch these things that we act out of feel. If they're outside of our control, they're tough to bear. You know, in order to walk by faith, we have to relinquish control of the steering wheel of our life to the Lord and allow Him to drive. It's tough for me to allow anybody to drive when I'm riding in a car with them. It's also tough for me to allow the Lord to direct my life with my hands off and allow His will to take control. So I hope today has been a benefit to you. Today was really just a foundation. I have other lessons planned. I don't know how many we'll get to, but it's just been the foundation of the importance of our walk of faith. And I know we know it. It's not, this is not unfamiliar stuff. I know that. I know this is not anything that has not been taught before. But this is what the Lord has laid on our hearts this morning. I hope that it has touched your heart. I hope that you've been encouraged to continue in your walk of faith. We need to be trusting that our Heavenly Father knows what is best for us at every moment. Every moment, including the times today, times tomorrow, times in the weeks to come, we need to trust that the Lord has our best in mind and that he wants us to walk that walk of faith and that the promises will come true. Those promises that he has given to us, those are not just fake promises from a fake word. Those are true and eternal promises for us to follow. We need to build the road that others can follow by exercising our faith. We don't want to try to build on our own strength and efforts because that obviously will not last. That's how Michigan roads are built, our own strength and efforts. We need to look more to those eternal roads that the Lord Jesus has built 
then he established that eternal walk of faith. And the road of faith may not be easy to build. It may not be easy to build. The Lord never said it was going to be easy. If we look at these heroes of faith, they didn't go through easy times. It doesn't record here easy times for these heroes of faith. It records the hard times. Those are the times that try our faith. Not the times that are easy. The times that are easy don't test our faith. It's the times of trials that test our faith. So it may not be easy to build. But we know that the Lord will do all the heavy lifting. It's not going to be on us to do it. It's going to be the Lord. You know, William Carey said, Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. How many of us have attempted to do great things in our area of faith in our life, knowing and expecting God to do great things through our walk of faith? So as we move forward in this series, I hope this draws all of us, myself first and foremost, into a better walk of faith. Understanding that where do we go from here should always be answered by looking to the Lord in faith, believing that his way is best. And that we can apply this, as I, as I mentioned before, that we would see in our own life the importance of continuing on in our faith. Not giving up in these times when you know, we think we have an out maybe. That's <laughs> easy to put it off. Don't give up. Continue to walk by faith, trusting the Lord to bring us through. That the promise, looking, looking ahead to that joy that is set before us, if we do obey the Lord and obey his will and look to his promise that he's given to us, that we will receive the, the praise of the Lord, that we will receive the blessing of the Lord, and that he will be glorified through what we do in our lives. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.